Hello, everybody. Welcome to our January Empower panel entitled Finding Your Joy. Uh, just as a reminder, our Empower panels are now podcasts. So you might be listening to this later on um, as a podcast. We are on Spotify, Apple, and iHeartRadio. Also, we now have a YouTube channel. So um, in the next day or so, if you miss any miss any of this, want to rewatch, we're available on our YouTube channel, 91 Wonder Women. Um, so you can pick whatever is convenient for you. But today we are live. We're live with our speakers. We're live with our audience. So we'll be responding to comments and questions throughout our session today. And we have one more panelist who will be joining us soon, uh, but we're going to get started because uh, we want to keep it within a, a good amount of time. So my name is Sarah Weston. I am the founder and executive director of 91 Wonder Women, Inc. We are a nonprofit for women in public safety. We provide resources, tools, opportunities, education um, out there for women and our wonder men of 911. We have been doing this for about three years now. And the idea of these monthly empower panels is we choose a topic and then we have three or four speakers who come at that topic from um, different angles, have diversity of thought, diversity of experience. And we talk through things that quite frankly, we don't think get talked about enough. So this is, I believe, our seventh panel, and we're here to talk about joy. And what better way to start a new year than to share our thoughts about joy? How do we find it? How do we hold on to it? What happens if we have just been struggling lately and can't find it anywhere? So I'm going to kick us off and um, have then have all of our panelists introduce themselves. So what I want you to answer first is, and you can do this in the audience as well. When you hear the word joy, what is the first thing or phrase or word that pops into your mind? So you all answer that as we go along. Uh, for me, joy is, is laughing so hard that your stomach hurts. <laughs> That's just what comes to mind when I think of joy. And you all have uh, likely heard me laugh really hard and snort from time to time. So that's, <laughs> that's, my, <laughs> that's what I think of for joy. So Edie, please introduce yourself and let us know what you think of when you hear that. Hi, y'all. I'm Edie Godobos. I'm a former dispatcher, former counselor, former chaplain. Um, and I'm here to in interact with y'all. Uh, to me, joy is uh, it's scripturally grounded. Um, the scripture in Psalms, I think it's 30, um, says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And it's, it's a foundational scripture for me. So joy is important. Good afternoon, you all. Hello. And hi, Hawkins has joined us. Thank you. We're just overjoyed I promise that you're here. This was not me trying to make some grand entrance. Guaranteed. It was, hey, I, I text Sarah and I was like, first lesson of finding and keeping your joy is staying flexible through life. <laughs> Glad to join you all. Hello, everyone. Everyone watching, listening, will be listening later. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. Okay. Uh, one thing I failed to mention at the beginning was that all three of these amazing panelists are authors. We'll come back to that at the end because I just picture as an author, I know writing brings you all joy as well. So um, next we have Katya Davidova. Please uh, introduce yourself and what do you think of when you hear the word joy? Absolutely, thank you, Sarah. Hi everyone, my name is Katya. I'm an organizational and leadership development consultant and facilitator. 
And when I think of joy, I see some of the comments in the chat. It's things that make people feel alive. Sarah, your comment about just that exuberant laughter. But what really comes to mind for me is exuberant radiance. That's the two word phrase that I think about, exuberant radiance. But at the core of that is the sheer appreciation of the present moment. Those feelings, those emotions, those experiences to Valerie's point in the comments of things that make you feel so incredibly alive right here, right now. That to me is joy, noticing all those tiny little everyday moments. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. And Samantha, last but not least, <laughs> certainly not least. <laughs> okay. what do you introduce yourself and what do you think of when you hear the word joy? Yes, so I am Samantha Hawkins, Sam, as everyone knows me, training technician in the Cobb County Department of Emergency Communications and Whew, joy. So joy to me, first word that comes to my mind is always fire. It's a fire. It's it's a light. You light it and it catches. And the way fire works is that it spreads. It spreads. So joy, genuine, true, actual joy, not only is it a fire in you, but it spreads. It can't help but be caught by other people. And that's that's joy to me. So, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. And, and our intention today is to burn our fires and hopefully um, you catch them as well today and you can go forth and spread them to other people. So before we get started, I want to uh, just see what some folks have said here in the chats. So gratitude. Oh finding something that makes my soul feel alive. I think we feel that. I feel that for sure. Um, <laughs> Samantha being fashionably late. Yes, that's fun. <laughs> Just late, not fashionably. Yes. Just late. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling in alignment. I love that. I love that. I will tell you um, when you're kind of running on all cylinders, you, you feel that way. It's true. And one of the things we're going to talk about is happiness versus versus joy and what those two things mean. Your daughters, yeah, for those of us who have children or furry animal sons and daughters, we know what that we know what that's like as well. So let's jump into it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna cover a couple different uh, topics here. Um, the first one is going to be joy in the workplace because we have to work to, to make a living. Um, it's part of us. It's, it's what we do, especially in public safety and 911. It's particularly difficult sometimes. You know, we have these really bad days. We have bad calls. So how, how do you, and I'm going to start with Sam, how do you find joy in, in the workplace? What does that look like for you? So for me, and what I tell people is, it starts with finding some element of your work and what you do that you're passionate about. You don't have to be joyful about every single aspect of work, but it's something within it. And it could even be something born from it that brings you joy. But I remember quite a bit ago, I, I was talking to someone and they were at a different center and they made a comment and they said something like, I like what I do but I hate where I do it. That's what it looks like to not have joy in the workplace. Joy in your job is being in a place where you find something about it. For me, there was a time when I was ready to rage quit and because I didn't feel like I was checking off the boxes that I thought needed to be checked. And I was looking at promotion, promotion. What I found out later for me was that Promotion is not, that doesn't bring me joy. I could stay in one position for years. It's opportunity. If, as long as I feel like I'm growing. So what I found way back when that kept me in 911 was the element for me was the people. It was my callers. I have friends who are responders. I love talking to the officers. I love doing that when I was full-time on the floor, but they weren't keeping me. They weren't giving me joy. It was the satisfaction I walked away with at the end of the day where I would think back and go, 
that was literally the deciding factor of not to get on indeed.com and apply to another job was I would sit back and think about, man, I talked to this person today and I could tell I put a smile on their face by the end of it, man. I remember, you know, this person was screaming in my ear. And by the time I was done with that, that call, they were so composed and they were so calm. So I know the techniques that I use in that call worked. It was literally the callers. So there were other aspects that I was, I wasn't exactly liking. I wasn't in love with about the job, but that's what kept me here. And seven and a half years later, I found, you know, every, as you might move into a different position, you find a new joy. For me now, it's training. Do I enjoy every aspect of technical writing that comes with my position? No. But what brings me joy in coming in is knowing that I get to, hey, that person that gets trained, that gets out of our class, I had, I had a part in that. So finding what it is that puts that smile on your face to go into work, that's finding joy in the workplace for me. I love that, Sam. And you mentioned, you know, the promotion isn't the joy. The promotion is the advancement, but finding your joy in where you are now could help lead mm -hmm. to, to a joyful advancement, whatever that looks like. So Katja, your um, workplace is a little bit different than Sam's. Sam's still, Sam's, sorry. Sam is in a 911 center and you work, um, you have two jobs, right? And you're constantly on the go, on the go. So um, what does that look like for you to find joy in your, your workplace? I'll use quotations. Yes, absolutely. Great question. So uh, just for context, I teach managers and executives and also ICs, individual contributors, their most important leadership skills, things like influential communication, feedback, coaching, strategic thinking, all ways to help people feel more competent, more confident, more engaged in the workplace. And when, for me, when it comes to finding joy at work, because, you know, for folks in the public safety realm, we're dealing with life and death situations, right? For um, my line of work, it's not as urgent, not as sort of um, demanding of life and death, but sometimes the days can be definitely long. So I think about what Sam mentioned about the impact, right? How does our work impact someone? Does it put a smile on their face? Does it make them feel more engaged in what they do? So I really think about when joy occurs in the workplace, you feel the tangible impact of seeing those aha moments, like, oh, I can do it this way. And also how to find joy in the workplace for ourselves is linking it to the why. Why are we doing this? To Sam's point, it wasn't about the promotions, right? it was about really helping people feel better. I think about the times that I've been joyful, it's really having that sense of purpose, of being so in alignment, like in the comments uh, folks shared, being so in alignment with our North Star that every day we're lining up to something bigger, greater than ourselves. I think that's what joy in the workplace feels like to me. I love that, lining up with your North Star. It's like every day you kind of look up and say, oh, I'm over here, let's, <laughs> let's get back in alignment. I love that, I do. That's an aha moment for me. <laughs> Thank you. Now, Edie, Edie comes from a 911 center and now has launched her own company. So, so Edie, uh, can you kind of speak to both how, how you found Joy in the center and, and what you do now, find Joy in your, in your workplace as well? <laughs> I really like my workplace because it's my office at home um, for the most part. What um, both of uh, the other panelists said feeds into what I help people learn about. And it's compassion satisfaction. Mm -hmm. um, linking to our purpose. My purpose in life is um, to share God's love with as many people as possible. Simple, right? <laughs> um, challenging. And so when I realized that that was my purpose, it was a long time ago. Um, and paying attention each day to how that was playing out in my interactions with people became a really important touchstone for me to be in touch with joy. And so what Sam was talking about has a name. It is compassion satisfaction. And it is paying attention to that, those moments. And so purpose and paying attention in those moments is how we tap into our joy. And like a fire... Um, good, good analogy. 
Um, we need to, to keep the oxygen going. We need to pay attention to it. And sometimes we need to blow on an ember to get it to, to wake up because it's easy to lose. Uh, we're surrounded with negativity. Um, if you watch the news, stop it. Um, no, I'm sorry. That was pretty directive. But <laughs> um, if you watch the news, it's hard to find your joy. Um, if you have an illness, it's hard to find your joy. If somebody you love has a terminal illness, it's really hard. And it can be done with a lot of attention to the little things. So that's what I have to say. Thank you, Edie, as always. Um, so one of the things that I think all three of you touched on one way or another is finding that joy in the everyday. And I think Katya, I think it was you who said, um, I don't want to steal your thunder here. I'll let you start. <laughs> but one of the things that you, I think you said last time we spoke is we are treasure hunters for tiny pockets of hidden joy. Can you do that going back to how we can, how we, how we ourselves can, can find it, what we can do to help ourselves? Yes, absolutely, Sarah. I, I love the, that you brought up the, the treasure hunters. So there's something that um, I coined after writing my book, Joy in Plain Sight. It's called the Treasure Hunt Framework. And the way it works is this. The way that we live our lives, right, is based on the assumptions that we make about the world around us. So if us four here on the panel, if the folks in the comments who are joining us, if we assume that most people are good people, then we're far more likely to encounter really good people. We're far more likely to feel blessed to be surrounded by such incredible individuals. Likewise, what if we could assume that every single day has tiny moments hidden all in plain sight of the tiny little joys all hidden in the everyday sort of fabric of our lives? Well, then that means that we get to choose to be treasure hunters. We get to choose to seek out and find those tiny little moments, those tiny treasures of joy that can make us feel in the present, that can make us feel connected to something greater than ourselves. And so if we choose to do that, the world kind of becomes like this huge adventure, right? That we get to be treasure hunters to find those little tiny pockets of joy. And I think that's just such a delightful thing that um, the adventure that we can go on, that we can choose to partake in. I love that. Because it's, the, it's there. It really is there. And we can choose to see it or not. And it's yeah. one of those things, I'm sure you all have heard of this, but like um, changing have to to get to. Yes. Like, mm. oh, I have to go do A, <laughs> B, and C, or oh, I yes. get to. Yes. That's usually what gets me to go to the gym sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, I have to do have to turn that. Like, oh, I get to go to the gym. I get to move. I get, you know, so that's joy for me is um, that's like those little things that you find to be. Um, that's you link with gratitude throughout the day or, or whatever it is. So um, ever since we had that conversation, I've really been thinking about that. And that's something I also want to share with my kids. It's like, let's be treasure hunters and find the joy, you know, because they can relate to that too and kind of teach them, teach our, our younger generation coming up that concept of, of um, treasure hunting for joy. So Sam, what about, what about you? I mean, first of all, when when we all talked before, and Katya, she she mentioned that I, I I love that you being purposeful about finding your joy. That's that's what's awesome. We all have those days where you're surprised, like, oh, this was a really great day. But what if we woke up and actually thought today is going to be a great day? And if it's not a good day, I'm more surprised that it wasn't a good day. So I, I just love that, the idea of, you know, it being an action, more just something that you stumble into. And that goes back to finding joy. We talked about in the workplace, but anywhere, at home, in your life, it's setting out and the things that you enjoy, the things that you're passionate about, that's part of your path to, to everything. And when you eliminate something that might be, you might have had as a checkbox 
that really wasn't, that's not, doesn't bring you joy, but it's someone else's checkbox and say, oh, I can take that. That doesn't bring me joy. This brings me joy. So it's, it's really good. Joy is a path. You don't, we think of it just as an emotion, a feeling, but it really is a path. And if it's a path of treasure hunting, you know, as you, that's, that's great. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I like to add that the path to joy is laced with intention. Right, because we can choose, right? The way that we show up to the world is the way that we choose to show up to the world. And I truly believe like my, my childhood pet died this weekend. And y'all, that was one of the hardest experiences because I'm 3000 miles away from my childhood pet. And that was a really, really hard day on Saturday. I had to support my parents through it. And yet, right, ran to the top of the mountain to just go cry, watch the sunset, let all the feelings out. I'm like, what little tiny pockets of, of wonder can I still up on the hill find? And it's not toxic positivity, right? It's not saying, oh yeah, everything's fine. I mean, everything's really falling apart, but I'm fine. That's because that's not what's helping anybody, right? Yes. But it's acknowledging a yes and, like, yes, things are hard. And I choose to find that. And I'm going to, because I assume that it's out there. And I just have to believe that it's there. I imagine that has to get easier and easier the more you do it, just like anything else, it becomes a habit. Mm -hmm. When you think of it as that, you formed a habit. And so now something rocks you. And, you know, a, a year ago, it would have rocked you and you would have been stuck. But now a year later, you have that kind of a mindset. You're like, oh, well, and but I still find you in this. Oh, this still brings me. So I like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's hard work. Um, Andrea said, I try to change half to but get to but it's a struggle. And it is not easy. Like you said, it's laced with intentions. It's hard work. Everybody's journey is different. I have an amazing therapist and I will say that on every panel that we do because I think everyone should have a therapist. And like to just help, sometimes you don't see your own negativity. You know, we all get life through this lens, our own lens. And we could be up here and we could be down here. We just, don't know. You know, the brain is very complex. So it does take a lot of intentional work. Um, and we're all on different journeys. We're all on our personal paths with joy too. You know, it's, it's, it's constant. Um, so Edie, how, how do you find the joy? What has been your experience? Um, it does take intention, but you know, it doesn't take a lot. It's not something, let's see. It's hard work because it's hard to stay consistent. Uh -huh. It's easy work because it only takes two or three minutes, maybe five minutes if you're really lucky. But the, the method that I have used and continue to use is to pay attention to when I felt joy. And so something happens every day that brings me joy. I am so privileged to be where I am. Um, and there are just things that happen. Like I have a tree outside my window and there's a squirrel on it. I love squirrels. Um, I love to watch them. I think they're hilarious. And so when I get to see a squirrel, it just brings me that little um, bubble, little bubbly. Um, and so pay attention to that and then stay with the feeling. It, had, it feels a certain way in your body, right? When you feel joy. That's right? true. Yes. And so pay attention to where, where you feel it. I feel it uh, near my heart and my fingers tingle. I don't know why my fingers tingle, but I love it. And um, stay with that feeling for as long as you can. Now you're not going to be able to stay with it for very long. Uh, an emotion lasts about 90 seconds. Mm. No matter how positive or how negative, it only lasts about 90 seconds unless you recall it and keep bringing it up and keep bringing it up, which, which is what we do when we're angry or upset or our feelings are hurt. We replay it and we replay it and we replay it. I choose to replay my joy, my joy. And I intentionally um, seek to not replay the crap mm. because everybody's life has crap in it. Um, ruminating. It uh. Ruminating, yes. <laughs> I'm a really good ruminator, um, but I try to ruminate on what's good in my life. And, and that, you know, that's gratitude, that's joy, um, tapping into the sensation of love, 
all these things are very, very similar. They're slightly different, but they're very similar. And so taking a moment to do that every day changes our brain. It's very cool. So I remember talking to you about this, how the emotion only lasts so long, 90 seconds, and then we keep recreating it, which is why we feel a certain way for a while. Like when you're having that conversation with someone in the shower that you really want to give a piece of your mind to, and you just think about it, think about it, think about it over and over and over again. Um, but once we, once I heard you say that, um, I was on vacation uh, last, this over the weekend. And I kept thinking like, this is the moment, like this is the joy moment that I'm going to come back to when I'm feeling sad. Like, like I, so I started banking them <laughs> so I can tap into like the moment where, um, you know, my son was dancing and, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, so that's, that's important to, to think about. And um, I saw one of the comments um, from Valerie about putting on a certain song. There is nothing that changed my, changes my mood more than putting on a song, whatever mood I'm in. Like it could be like a fun song or like gangster rap or like <laughs> um, classical music or whatever it is. Um, I put Jimmy Buffett on the other day. I haven't listened to this for a while. But yeah, it's just like, and like I'll call my mom and she's like, Sarah, did you put music on? Like, oh yes, that's number one, music on. See, that helps. Number two, you know, so it's tapping into to that. Those are all positive cues. And music is a big positive cue. It's part of how, you know, the environment you build around you. And I will, I, especially on a Monday going into work, I'd put on Heroes by David Bowie. <laughs> just jam out, just like, yeah, I'm a hero. No. <laughs> yes, you are, Sam. <laughs> it's all of that. It's having having picture of Yoda up on the wall because I smile every time I enter my office because I see baby Yoda and I'm like, it's little positive cues and music is a big one. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. yes. yeah. yeah, we tend to, it, no, I, I tend to, I have, have tended to in the past play music that reflects my mood. When I was, uh, when my first husband left me back in 92, um, I played Patsy Cline. You guys familiar with Patsy Cline? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was, that was suicidal. Come on. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so playing something like, is it still over? Are we still through? Uh -huh. um, since the phone still ain't ringing, I'll assume it still ain't you. <laughs> made me laugh. And that helped. So we got to pay attention to what we're doing to our brains with the music that we play. There's, there's all kinds of feelings we can bring up through music. So, yeah. Yes. So over the holidays, 911 Wonder Woman did a cookbook, which is still um, we still have it up on our in our store. But you can download a digital copy of this cookbook with recipes from um, Wonder Woman all over the country. And uh, Valerie took the lead to put a playlist together that goes along with the cookbook, right? Because sometimes I'm so tired, cooking brings me no joy opposite and we'll put that we'll put on that playlist and me and the boys will dance around the kitchen and just cook whatever and it just turns i like it. turns the perspective a little bit not always <laughs> okay so let's um let's talk about joy and happiness and um, what's their, they're different, right? Feeling, having happiness and having joy. So I want to um, ask you all what, what you think the difference is and um, how we can take our happiness and perhaps create some joy. So Katya, I'm going to start with you this time. Awesome. Um, so I think actually I, I might pass the mic over to Edie because Edie had a really beautiful oh. distinction of happiness versus joy. Oh, okay. yeah, I'll yeah. jump on that train after Edie because I do want okay. to. Okay, yes, <laughs> let's go, Edie. Oh my goodness, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, ha happiness, happiness is a momentary thing. We can be really, really happy um, when we buy something, um, when somebody gives mm -hmm. us a compliment. Joy is an inner sense that all is well. All is well in my world. 
Um, yes. Um, it's the knowing that we know mm-hmm. that we are loved, that we're here on purpose, that, that our life is meaningful, that we are enough. And all those packed into one little three letter word. That's in my view, that's what joy signifies. I do love that. There's um, to, to add on to that, there's been actual linguistic and psychological research on what is the distinction between joy and happiness. And I can't recall the exact sort of um, bifurcation, right? This is joy, this is happiness. But I think one of the distinguishing factors was uh, the connection to something greater. So Edie, building off of what you shared, joy is that deeper sense of connection. Happiness is more fleeting. Right. So um, joy really roots you in the present, just like we've been saying, it really grounds you in the moment, whereas happiness is something a little bit lighter. So to me, joy feels like a little bit of a, of a deeper thing. You mentioned, Edie, that you feel joy in your heart, right, in your fingers. We feel emotions in different parts of our bodies. For me personally, radiant joy, that exuberant radiance comes from here. It kind of comes mm-hmm. from like the, the solar plexus area or right here. I know that whenever I go to concerts and I'm standing at the front row, that is my source of joy, right? Just that exuberant yellowness flows out. So I'm curious to hear from Sarah, from Sam, from folks in the chat, um, where does joy live in the body for you? And how do you distinguish that from happiness? If you were to think about a time that you were happy versus a time that you were joyful, what's the like physical embodiment for y'all? So I see Joyce, uh, Joyce Willer, see, you know, see, <laughs> so you said per Google, it mentioned how it says joy is an inner feeling. <laughs> thank you, Google, and thank you, Joyce. Thank and you. happiness is an outward expression. And joy to me, if I'm happy, you know I'm happy. I'm smiling. It's it's all you can see it off my face. But there are moments where I'm joyful, and I could be sitting there, and I'm just like, and it's joy, because joy isn't always visible. Now it is a fire, and it catches. And it will, through my words, it will spread. But joy is that, it's that resilient feeling. Something just happens. I'm not happy that this particular thing happened, but I'm not now hating my day. It's, it's to me, it, it is, it's just a, an inner kind of resilient, I don't know, a, a still. I don't know, something, it's just, it doesn't just go away. But happiness, I'm not happy every second of the day. But I'm joyful just about most of my day because Mm -hmm. that doesn't go out. That's the light that doesn't go out. The smile, Mm -hmm. the happy smile isn't there all the time. But if you ask me how I'm feeling, joy sometimes is just contentment. Mm -hmm. On any given second moment of the day, I'm content. I've had someone, how are you you okay? I'm okay. I mean, got nothing to complain about. And it's that nothing happened in the moment that made me oh happy happy but i also don't have a reason to cry or to be down or to be depressed i'm content and that's my joy for that moment so yeah for me that's kind of mm -hmm. oh my gosh you guys i'm getting so much out of this already so i've never thought about this (laughs) never thought about this so like happiness for me is like burst like Oh, I love that so much. It's so great. Like, you know, like if you know me, you've heard me say that a million times. Or like when I text you back, like Y-A-S-S-S-S-S-S-S, but like all in capitals. Like that's-, <laughs> that's that's like happy or like someone gives you a present or someone, gives you, you know, someone yes. says thank you or whatever. And you're just like, yeah, I love that. Um, but yeah, but joy is just like that, like joy's here. Joy's like the eternal flame, as the Bengals have said. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's just like, this This is life. And even when you're sad, because we all get sad, we all get depressed, um, being able to identify like, that's not going to last forever. Like you're feeling crappy right now, but that's not going to last forever, Sarah. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Let's see what some people say over here in the comments dancing and joking around to display joy <laughs> would be exhausted. Yes, if every time we were joyful, we had that reaction. <laughs> I don't think anyone could ever be around me, honestly. <laughs> I was like the whole time. <laughs> but 
But yeah, Valerie, um, unclenching your jaw and dropping your shoulders. Like I have to tell myself that all the time, or I find myself holding my breath. Do you guys do that? Like all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, how long have I been holding my breath for? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, <laughs> so we can have both, uh, but recognizing the difference, I think is very helpful for us identifying that joy. That is true. I lost my list. Okay. Um, so I think we've all experienced a time where we going around, finding our business, doing our thing, walking around all joyful and something happens, mm-hmm. right? Whether it's an interaction with a coworker or a friend or a stranger or anything, and um, it feels like they've stolen our joy. Mm. And sometimes this happens over time. You have an investment in a relationship and it goes from being like mutually joyful to like, ooh, you're sucking the joy out of me, uh, <laughs> literally. So what do, we, what, do you, what do you all, if you've experienced that, what are some things we can do to not allow that to happen because that's something that we are people aren't going to steal your joy without your permission right yeah so we're kind of giving it away in a sense um so yeah who who wants to jump in first on that one let me jump in take it away i like to think of it as being a thermostat instead of a thermometer Mm. if somebody's coming at me with flames Um, I can choose to turn the temperature down. If somebody is ice cold, I can bring the temperature up through who I am. But one of the interesting things to me is to realize that when someone says something or does something that hurts me, it's not what they say that makes the difference. It's what I think of myself based on what they say. And... I learned this through working with the adolescents at the children's home where I was a chaplain. And they'd get very upset when someone called them a name. Well, is it true? Because that's where it comes up, right? Because your fear is that maybe if they call you the B word, then that might be true. Hmm. And if, but if it's not true, it doesn't hurt. If we don't believe that what they're saying has some validity, it doesn't hurt as much when, when someone's attacking us. Like if they call you a concert pianist, you're not gonna get upset because you know you don't play concert <laughs> piano. Right. So you gotta, you've got to be aware of your own reaction. <laughs> that is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> that, that brought me a little happiness. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we don't have to let other people's words or actions hurt us. Now, if somebody's holding a gun to our head, that might be a little hard to take um, control of. But I think even then, if we've practiced enough, that we might be able to change the temperature of the situation. Might. Mm-hmm. So, so Katya, you, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Yes, Katya, <laughs> yes. I was just uh, sitting in, in uh, what you shared with us, Edie, of being the thermostat instead of the thermometer. And I think that's so such a beautiful analogy. Um, makes me think of the fact that, again, we always do have a choice in how we show up. I had a recent experience where um, I could have responded to a person in one of two ways, either sarcastic and kind of catty or trying to be the bigger person and still react with kindness. And it was a choice, y'all. Like I was like, it feels so easy and so deeply satisfying to like, you know, hit back with a sarcastic comment. But would that deteriorate our relationship or build it up? Right. And so sometimes it is doing the hard thing. It is being the the bigger person of saying, hmm. Yeah, this this stings. I'm going to use my adult words, right? Versus reverting back to childhood reactions. So it's choosing to respond 
with a little bit of pause I see in the in the chat using some of that pause right we're choosing to take the first pause to breathe then respond versus immediately react if we're if uh, for some of our um, you know more research-minded folks in the room we're choosing to use our prefrontal cortex that logical rational part of the brain versus our limbic system which is that emotional reactive like I just want to say something really really mean right now right mm -hmm. and it's that choice and it's a darn hard one to make almost every time. But I think about what is the impact, right? How is this going to affect the relationship, myself, the other person in one minute, in 10 minutes, in a month, a year? And what's the next best step? So choosing to be that, that bigger person. Yeah, because when we look back on our interactions and what we said to someone, if we did take that pause and do the hard thing and, you know, use our adult brains, the next day, aren't you like so proud of yourself? <laughs> like, yeah, in the moment you didn't get that like dig in, but tomorrow, tomorrow's Sarah is like, oh, good job. Now we don't have a bunch of regret and an apology to make. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I also want to mention that this is like, you know, it's it's so much easier to speak about this in this space of, you know, folks coming together, of already being aligned on joy. But there's a difference between what's common sense and common practice, right? Something that I like to think about is how do we bridge that gap between what makes sense to us now when we're calm, when we're in a joyful situation versus when we're in the heat of the moment, right? And um, I think back, Sam, to your point about the fact that this intentionality is a muscle. It is a practice that we get to choose to do every time and strengthen over time versus, you know, just uh, just not. So it is a muscle that it's a skill that we can continue building. And I love that concept. Yes. Protecting our joy. I think someone said a shield. I think Valerie, what did you say? Or maybe it was Joyce. <laughs> I'm looking for it. Someone said um, using that shield to kind of block, block the negativity, block the um, hurtful words, and kind of like picture that. And I like that. Like not ar not completely covering yourself with armor, but have a one woman shield up to kind of help help protect us from whatever's happening in the moment it can also be a reminder that we are in you know in that moment we i can't flip a switch and go like fight or flight and um the more we talk about it when we're not in that state i think the more we can kind of build that muscle in practice it's true <laughs> what about you sam i agree and I will also add some of those joy stealing moments. Um, on the other end, it can come in the form of, let's say if you're getting constructive criticism from someone and maybe how they delivered it or how every moment's a teaching moment. Yeah, I once heard someone say there was no bad teachers and they were saying that even the bad teacher is teaching you something. So. What my mom has always instilled in me is some moments, sometimes someone says something to you and you've just got to take the meat and spit out the bones. Maybe there was something in that moment that I can learn from. Maybe someone just gave me 20 minutes of, of dialogue and maybe not every single thing. And at the end of it, that everyone has said all, you know, y'all have said the panelists pausing not saying anything at all, pausing, being able to go off, think on it, and the meat, the substance, hey, that was valuable. You know what, maybe I do that, and I didn't realize I do that. Actually, maybe I need to ask someone else, get a second opinion, because that might be true. But yeah, they said that as well, and that was just hurtful. That wasn't constructive, that was just mean. And, but doing that on your own, and you can only do that if you, pause and um, Valerie said something about how no response is such a strong response and it is true. Some, I mean, I have heard things and, or in the moment, it just felt like it was just, whew, I was just being attacked. And then you got to walk away and just accept what was valuable and get rid of what wasn't. But it only, you can only do that when you remove yourself from the situation, which is a simple, You've had the conversation. Okay, I hear what you told me. Doesn't mean I accept everything. Heard what you told me. Hear what you're saying. And then you go off and spend that time evaluating and, and, and thinking on it. 
And yeah, you chew on, um, you know, like you said, uh, Doc Eady, chew on the meat, spit out the bones. But um, yeah, so that's something that my, my mother always told me. And some things it's going to be all all bones and you're going to get rid of it. And you don't have to mm-hmm. go back to them and say, hey, that was all bones. <laughs> <laughs> don't have no, it's, it's just uh, when you get to that place. Man, that's joy when someone can say something to you and you can just, I hear you. Okay, thank you for bringing that to me. Oh, I'm, I, I'm aware. I, I wasn't aware you felt that way, and now I am aware. Thank you. And then you can walk away, separate the value from the stuff that can just your uh, an opinion that's not based on anything. I can let that go, and everything. So that's also part of, uh, you know, finding your joy even in those harsh moments. That's feeling attacked yes um yes i think everyone has gotten defensive at some point some more than others <laughs> i tend to get very defensive um and then i was in a leadership training recently where we talked about our blind spots and how everyone has a blind spot about themselves things that we don't realize and um going back to what edie said you, you say to yourself is this true or not you know is what they're saying true and if not, leave it, leave it go. But I think in a in a place where we're getting feedback, I like to tell myself, everyone has blind spots. Everyone has blind spots. And then kind of think about what you said. What what are the bones that I need to spit out? What do I need to get a second opinion on? And I'm thinking about it more that way, other than a personal attack, which definitely steals joy from us when we feel attacked. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. yes. Um, I wanted to call out Joyce here. Because I love this, and I'll probably just read it word for word. Making sure you have so many directions where joy can come from. So get out and explore different sides of yourself. Having only one or two areas you put yourself um, in work or home, it gives you limited opportunity to joy. Hobbies, passions, people, travel, food, music. You know, if we diversify our joy... like our savings accounts, we can, you know, we have, we have more, we have more tools in our, in our toolbox to help um, find our joy. I really like that. Okay. Um, We also talked a lot about um, joy being a very personal experience. My joy is going to be different from Edie's going to be different from Katja's going to be different from Sam's, right? We all find different things joyful in, in different ways. Um, so a lot of times I think why we get defensive is having to, having to conform. We feel like we have to conform our joy to what other people in the room and we kind of lose ourselves. We abandon ourselves and our joy in the moment to try to fit in or try to, meet other people's expectations of us. So um, do you have any advice on how to be true to yourself, be true to joy, show up as yourself, even when um, we have we have people with, with different definitions of joy and they think that you should feel the same way that they do. Do you have any ad- advice? Gotcha. Can we start? Yes. I see you thinking. I I do have my thinking face on, Sarah. This is such a a great question. If I could play back the question, how do we, what what advice can we share for folks who experience joy in in different ways or for folks who experience emotion in different ways? Is that that right? So if you walk into a room, I'll say the workplace, you walk into Mm -hmm. a workplace, you are, you're feeling yourself, you're feeling joyful, but then you feel like you need to abandon some of yourself to fit in with the other people that are there. Like you don't want to, you don't want to stand out. You don't want people to laugh at you. You don't want people to not like you or find you annoying. Um, I don't have growing up <laughs> in just um, how to stay true to yourself. I guess is my question. How do you how do you stay true even when it's hard? How do you stay true to your joy? Yes, that's that's such a great question. In the workplace, in our you know, in our tribes, within our family and loved one circles, 
Oh man, um, I think about this a lot when, so I facilitate um, online and in person and the energy that we bring, Sarah, to your point to the room can be often different, right? To the energy that is already in the room with, um, you know, I teach at, at various companies. Like there was an example where I came in ready for a workshop, so excited to teach and to facilitate and folks just learned of like a major layoff at the company, right? So my joy level was up here. Their joy level was almost non-existent, rightfully so, right? I think it's being mindful of how do we stay true to ourselves and make the people in the room and the space feel seen and heard. <laughs> One thing that I like to do, if possible, right? This is this is um, maybe a narrower example, but to do a quick check-in either on a one to five or one to 10 scale, folks, how are we doing? One is terrible, 10 is amazing. And then seeing the people how they are and letting them name their feelings. I am experiencing anger. I am experiencing, you know, um, devastation. I'm experiencing just being okay. And saying it like I'm experiencing versus I am sad. Oh, that's, yes. that's a big difference because the way that we speak, right? The way that we're kind of socialized to speak is that we own our feelings. We are our feelings. I'm sad. I'm happy. I'm joyful. But that can cause problems when we over identify, like I am depressed, right? Then that becomes a spiral of, of, um, potentially even digging ourselves deeper into the hole. And I'm not talking about clinical depression because that, that is a, a totally different sort of arm of it. But being able to let folks name their emotions and to share, what are they experiencing? And then saying, hey, it looks like we've got a mixed bag of emotions here. And that is all okay because that is all valid to have. Giving them the context behind it. Yeah, it can be super helpful. That. Um, are there any Spanish speakers out there in the audience? If so, um, let me know. But um, I, I took like five years of Spanish in high school, so I'm by no means a speaker. But they have two words, or they probably have several words for I am. Um, but they have like, yo soy, which means like I am five feet tall. And estoy, which is that thing like i'm feeling this way so like it's, it might be even like an english issue where we <laughs> i am can mean all these different things and it's not really um not really expressed so yeah if we can change that instead of i am i'm experiencing and that yeah yeah and it comes from cbt cognitive behavioral yeah. therapy of the the distancing right the defusing ourselves from ourselves and our emotions I think I think Joyce, you mentioned something about CBT as well earlier. I, I didn't know what it meant. I didn't, but now, yeah, that makes. <laughs> I have heard it before, but I forgot. Excellent, excellent. Edie, what about you? I know you've experienced What's the question again. I know you've. <laughs> I know that you have experienced um, walking into a room that maybe had a different. Uh, uh, what a different vibe. A different vibe than what what you yes, carry into yes. it. And so. Yeah, I resonate with what Katya said. Um, pay attention to other people's vibe. Uh, we don't have to go there. I mean, we don't have to feel the fear of a layoff when we walk into a room of people who've just heard that there's going to be a big layoff at their company. We don't have to feel the fear, but we do need to respectfully acknowledge it and still continue to know who we are. Um, Joy, at the heart of it, gives us confidence to be who we are, to know who we are, um, to know that we're safe, to know that we're enough. Um, people can be pretty hostile. We can't play into that because that's not being true to ourselves. And so we've got to know who we are and we've got to be intentional about remaining with that and still be respectful of other people's feelings and their experience. So I think that's what she said. I just said it in different words. Yeah, no, I like that. And I'm going to maybe paraphrase it a little bit too, but this whole idea of, of confidence and if we can walk into a room and have that feeling to, of being ourselves and it's okay. Is it, is having self-confidence also um, a way to keep our joy? Have you experienced that, Sam? It's like when you, when you know yourself, when you know, like no matter what happens today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this joy, I'm gonna bring this joy to the room no matter what. 
I feel like that goes back to like loving yourself, knowing your own joy, having that confidence. It does. When you have that joy, you own it. And that joy, it's joy with yourself and it validates you. It's, it will make, it will bring you to a point where you can be truly honest with yourself and be bold enough to be honest about yourself in front of others. I know people in this industry who eat, breathe, sleep 911. I don't do that anymore. I don't eat, breathe, sleep 911. Although I love it and I can talk passionately about it. But as uh, Joyce in the comments and she mentioned, I have other interests and other hobbies and other things that bring me, that add to that joy. So now 911 is one aspect of all these things that bring joy to me. And I can be honest about that. And I can be in a room with people who eat, breathe, sleep 911. I can say hashtag I am 911, but 911 isn't all that I am. And I can be honest and, 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 and feel validated about that because that's part of my joy. And I will say that when you do own it in that sort of way, it, as y'all mentioned the other panelists, Dr. Edie, yes, confidence is, is what it turns into. When I, I, I teach at a conference and recently, well, the last conference, in-person conference was in November. And I got up there and, and I gave my session and everything and you're looking out and you see all these people and I knew good and well, probably 80% in that room had more years of experience in 911 than I did. But I'm used to that now because of the joy I have, it doesn't matter. So I, I, I will teach my one hour session and I will teach it with all the heart and passion and joy, not happiness. I'm happy, you know, at the result of it, oh, done, see smiles on my face, but I can just walk up on that stage and just have the joy in my heart to teach it. And when I get someone, you know, at that last conference, I had this guy came to me and he says, I got to be honest with you. I have 30 years of experience. You walked up there and the, one of the first things you said was my seven and a half years and nine and one. And he's like, now what does she think she's going to teach me? And this guy got emotional and he's like, you taught me. You taught me something even after 30 years. All of that having the confidence to be able to get up there, that is part of my joy. And that I put it out there like I'll do. I, I, I got seven years, so that's what you get. <laughs> but it, it comes out as confidence because I'm honest with myself. I don't have to, I don't have to lie to myself. I don't have to, I don't even, I don't, I don't mind saying seven years. I don't have to be like just about a decade. It's not a decade yet. <laughs> seven and a half years yeah. but i'm confident in myself and in the joy that i have in this industry and profession and that kind of joy it does translate to confidence it validates you when you have joy with yourself and in what you enjoy doing and people are going to react to it they're going to see that fire and they're going to feel it as well and react to it to it same way thank you sam that's awesome i Oh my gosh, I hope you guys take away a different perspective on joy from this conversation and, and how it comes in many forms and how we can protect it, how we can find it and, and create it. And um, I know, Katya, you have a hard stop. So I want to very quickly, um, this is the link, Joy in Plain Sight, <laughs> um, to Katya's book and uh, check it out. And then also, um, Edie, can you... Um, for some reason, I can't find yours. I was trying to do that right now so I could post three of them. Do you have your link? I, I don't have it readily available. I'm sorry. It's on um, Kindle on Amazon. Um, I can get to it real quick. Just a second. Yep, yep. Go ahead. And um, you know, I'm not Sam, a good marketer. <laughs> no, that's why I'm trying to do it for you. <laughs> That's what I'm here to do, Edie. <laughs> um, so Sam has her book coming out on March 6th. You can pre-order it on Amazon, My Mommy Marches. Uh, it's a children's book, and oh, I'm so excited. And um, while Edie's finding her link, I will just do um, 
One more thing you can find, again, you can find this conversation, all of our Empower panels. Oh, there we go. Break them to victory. Thank you, Edie. I can't wait to get some of those. Um, two more links. This is the one to our YouTube channel where you can listen. And then uh, one, this is our Spotify link. But of course, you know, we're on Apple and iHeartRadio as well. So uh, thank you all so much. Thank you to these amazing panelists. I really, really enjoy this. This will be available on playback. And uh, join us next month in February. We'll be doing another topic and some more panelists. But again, feel free to, to reach out to these folks. I know they all would um, to answer your questions and, and keep in touch. So have a wonderful Tuesday and uh, be sure to check out these books because I can't wait to. <laughs> Bye, everybody. So much, everyone. Thank you so Thank much. You I'm so glad you were here. Thank have you. a joyful day, everyone. Yes. <laughs> yes. Katya, it's been delightful to get to know you. Thank you. Likewise. Thank you, Edie. Yeah. Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sarah. So good to see Sarah Bye. and Sam. <laughs> Have a great day. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.